Friends, my name is Sean King and I'm the experienced pastor here at Friends Church Orange. We're so glad that you've decided to join us today for our message and we pray that you will really hear God's voice through our speaker today. If there's any way that we can serve you, please connect with us through our website. We hope that you consider joining our community in the future. Please enjoy the message. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. So good to see you guys. Did you have an amazing week? Oh, some of you, you're like, I don't know. It's a little tough. It was hard. Here's the deal. One of the things I love is Thanksgiving, the whole week, right? The whole world acknowledges the power of relationship and gratitude. You know, everybody's saying happy Thanksgiving. You know, whether you're getting a cup of coffee or you're at a store, happy Thanksgiving. Everybody understands. And Thanksgiving really is beautiful because it's the, the relationship without all the distractions of the world. Because here's what we know it's already started, right? Black Friday. You know what I mean? Small business Saturday, take a little breath today. Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday, here it comes. And then in the next 30 days, I know what's going to happen. There's one world, word that summarizes everything. More. You will do more in the next 30 days than many of you have done all year long up to this point. You will do more shopping. You will do more spending. You will do more looking and buying. Those credit cards will be burning by the time we get to the end of the year. We will do more eating. We will do more cooking. We will do more ordering for some of us. We will do a lot of different things. Not only that, this is the time of year when in the midst of more, we will do more parties. We will spend more time with people. But we decide this is also the right time to take a vacation. So we're going to squeeze a family vacation in and we're going to have fun. So stop it and get in the car. Like that's what's going to happen in the next 30 days. It's just a world of more. And here's the problem with that. Here's the danger with more. And it's obvious. If our pursuit is more, then that means we never have enough. And all of a sudden, we're never satisfied because it becomes this insatiable longing for more. And so how are we going to make it, not just through the next 30 days, how are we going to make it through this life and through this world that's constantly shouting and screaming at us more, more? And so that's why I'm so glad you're here today, right? Because you're in the right place. Not just today, not just for this week, to get us through this season and every week. There's family and friends that you have in your life. They need to be here to take a deep breath and remember the power of gratitude to get us through a world of more. And that's exactly what we're going to look at today. The power of gratitude. A life that's built on thanksgiving and contentment. That's gratitude. And how that has the, the, the antidote to the disease of more. And so we're gonna look at what a life of gratitude is, thanksgiving and contentment, why you'd even want a life of gratitude and how we live that out together. And here's what's gonna be really fun, right? So we're gonna do what we've been doing, singing truth back into our lives, praying. We're gonna look at God's word together and hear what he has to say to us. But then the best part is you. You are the message today. And I know what some of you are thinking, you're like, I'm not ready, I'm not prepared, I didn't do it. That's okay, you will be. Because we're going to take some time 
at the end of the service as we respond together just to listen to one another about what we're grateful for and what we're thankful for. And here's what's going to happen. Some of you I know right now, you're like so excited. You're like, this is great. I can't wait to share my list. Others of you are terrified and you're thinking, oh no, how do I get out that door as fast as possible? But here's what happens. Someone in this room is going to share something they're grateful for and thankful for. And it's going to be the encouragement you need to keep walking and to get through this season and to see that God is good and that God is faithful and that because he carried them, I bet he can hold you through whatever it is you're walking through. So I want to invite you guys to look at God's word together with us. If you've brought your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 100. It's the anchor passage for today, Psalm 100. You also got this card, right? So not only will it be on the screen or in your Bible, grab this card you're sitting on it, or it was on a chair next to you, but it's Psalm 100. This will be the activity for the day. And let's just read out loud together Psalm 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Oh, no, no, like not just me out loud, like all of us out loud, all right? Here we go. So it's right in front of you, right there on the card. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is and his love endures, and his faithfulness continues through all generations. We see in just two verses the power of gratitude expressed, and we get to see how powerful gratitude is. It actually is is what, this was an invitation, more an exhortation for the people of God as they approached the temple. It's like, if you want access to God, if you want to experience the fullness of who he is and his character and his power, then you need to say, thank you, as you're approaching. The message translation of this literally says the password into God's presence is thank you. That's right. The right answer is thank you. Is? That's right. That's the access to God's presence. And here's what we know. So I'm sure you're the 10 o'clock crew. You guys have woken up. You had a little breakfast, a little coffee. I bet as you were parking and walking in today, you were just like, oh, thank you, God. I'm so glad I get to be here today. I bet your hearts and minds were full of gratitude. But then you thought, wait a minute. God's presence isn't contained to a space or a temple or an event anymore right? For those of us that have a relationship with God through Jesus, we know that God's presence and his power lives in us. That's right. So I bet it's not just today when you're coming in. I bet every day when you wake up, that alarm goes off and you're like, thank you, God. I'm so glad to be awake today. And your hearts are full of gratitude because access to God and his presence and his power, the password is thank you. That's right. Psalm 100. That's what we see. Thank you. That's the password. And here's what I love. We talk about this a lot. I love how simple the Bible is. So it tells us not just what to do. It tells us why we would even want to do this. In just one verse, look at what it says. God is good. God is loving. And God is faithful. So I know a lot of times circumstances are hard and challenging. It's like Angel was talking about. It's like relationships right? Seasons like this where there's lots of family and stuff, it can feel overwhelming and our circumstances are desperate. But it doesn't say, say thank you because your circumstances are great or your relationships are fine. It says, say thank you because God is good. God is, and God is, you see, it's all about who God is. That's why he's saying God is good. God is kind. God is dependable. God is trustworthy. God is loving. 
He's forgiving, and he's gracious, and he's generous, and he's gentle. He's compassionate, and he's caring. And God is faithful. He protects you. He provides for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never betray you. God is unlike any relationship you will experience in this world. And so that's why we can say thank you, because God's good, and God's loving, and God's faithful. And you see, this is a critical truth to build a life of gratitude on because it counters the lies that we hear from the world every single day about more. It actually counters the oldest recorded lie in the entire world. And I know when I say that, you're the 10 o'clock card, you're like, ah, I know exactly what Kyle's talking about, right? If you go back to the very beginning in Genesis, remember that? God creates everything and it's what? It's perfect. It's beautiful. It's loving. Everything's living in relationship and harmony, God with his people and his creation. It's fantastic. It's like a world of yes. And then God says, okay, so here's the deal. In this beautiful world, just not that tree, right? Just don't eat from that tree. Everything's fantastic. Just don't eat from that tree. And then what happens? Satan comes along. And what does he do? He starts lying, creating some doubt about God's goodness, about God's love, and about God's faithfulness. He starts whispering and saying, well, but is God really, would a good God withhold something from you? Would a loving God actually draw boundaries and say you can't have something that you really want? Would a faithful God, I mean, don't you just want to take control of your own story? And you see, Satan tells them the oldest lie in the world, the only lie that he really has and the lie that's been passed down for thousands of years now, and the lie that the world sells us every day, all day, especially in this season, that the one thing you don't have is the one thing that you need. The one thing you don't have is the one thing you need. You are one thing away from gratitude, aren't you? You're one thing away from happiness. You're one thing away from thankfulness. Kyle, I'd love to be grateful. I'd love to be thankful. Yeah, but you don't know. I'm just one thing away. And sometimes it's a possession. Sometimes it's a relationship. Sometimes it's something that's broken that we need to be fixed. Sometimes it's just something we want and we long for. But the world sells it every single day, all day. You're just one thing away. One thing away from gratitude and contentment and happiness. And we see the cost then. We see the cost not only biblically, right, as all of a sudden evil and sin and damage and brokenness enters this world, and now it's been handed down for generations that all of us, we see the cost in our own lives. When we become the pursuit of the one thing we gotta have to make our life full, to be satisfied, to be thankful and content, the one thing, that longing can turn into an obsession, and then it's an idol. And pretty soon it consumes everything we think about, everything, and we can't even say, thank you, because we've forgotten that God is good, and that God is loving, and that God is faithful. And so do you see how beautiful it is that we get to be here together today? How good it is to remember this? I, I, I mean, maybe there's a place in your life where you, you've, all you think about is that one thing. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a possession, maybe it's just something, if I, only I had that, and you're having to fight your way to gratitude. Maybe, well, maybe today's the time we get to let go of that because gratitude is what actually overwhelms the lies. Gratitude is, is the spiritual antidote to counteract the disease of more 
and that longing that gets built into us. So how do we stay focused on gratitude then instead of more? A life of gratitude, I've said it a bunch, is built on thanksgiving and contentment. A life of gratitude is built on thanksgiving and contentment. And here's how we know this. The Bible identifies one of the leading spiritual indicators in our lives is actually thanksgiving. It says it in a lot of places, but look at what it says in Romans chapter one. It says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And so they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. They wouldn't even give him thanks. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him. They wouldn't even say, thank you. And so what happens? Not only is it a spiritual indicator of the health of our life, really it's, it teaches us that it's a spiritual activator. When we're saying thank you, you're moving towards God. And when you're not, you're moving towards darkness. You're moving towards confusion. And pretty soon, you're moving towards foolishness and making crazy decisions. Just by saying thank you, it's moving you in one way or another. That's what it says. And so we see a life of gratitude is built on thanksgiving and contentment. And inherently, we know and understand the power of thank you, don't we? We understand it. How many of us, right, are parents? How many of us have ever been around parents? How many of us have parents? <laughs> right. So we understand this then because not only for us, but like for us with our parents, when our kids are little or when we were little, what did our parents teach us to say? That's right. And if it was something we loved and we got everything we wanted for Christmas, we would say, thank you, with all kinds of joy. And if it was something we hated and we didn't want it and I didn't ask for it and I wanted a ball and she gave me a tie and I, didn't, and I don't need more socks and underwear. It's like, it doesn't matter. You go up there and you say, thank you. Because we know that there's power in gratitude. There's power in thank you. We understand this. There's a humility to it that gets built into us because we're acknowledging we can't do this on our own. We acknowledge that somebody else gave us something we could never get. Thank you. And we understand this. And so when somebody takes you out to a spectacular meal that you could never afford on your own, you just get to say, thank you. I hope you say thank you, right? We say thank you. When we read a book or when we watch a movie that we love and our mind actually understands it, we should say, Thank you, because our mind is interpreting things. We, you didn't do that. Like, all of a sudden, it works. When we want to do something, when we want to stand up, when we want to walk outside, when we want to go for a run or do something active, and our body actually does what we want it to do, we say, thank you. Some of you say thank you. Some of you, I guess, your body may not do exactly what you want it to do. But all of us, right, the more our body's doing that, we say, thank you. That's right. When we get to go to school, or when we get to go to work and we get to bring value into this world through gifts and abilities that we didn't even give ourselves, that God gave us, we should say, thank you, that's right. Because we get to bring value into this world. We get to participate in it. When we get to see a sunrise or a sunset or the beauty of the mountains and waterfalls and rivers and lakes like in Mammoth, or we get to go to the beach and see all the ocean and the waves, we say, Thank you, because someone created all that and just gave it as a gift to us. When our heart beats and we don't even think about it, when our lungs breathe and our eyes blink, we say, thank you. We have so many things to be thankful for. That's partly what it is. 
And here's what we know. We want to say it and we want our kids to say it because it builds something into us. And the Bible teaches the words actually come from our heart. It's the core, the center of our being. In other words, we say what we believe to be true, which is the power of when you're saying thank you, you're a grateful person. When you're not saying thank you, you're not. And so that's why it's so important we do this. The definition then of thankful people at their core, thank you means I want what I have. When you say thank you, inherently what you're saying is I want what I have. I don't need the more that this world is selling me. I don't need the one thing that the world is telling me or Satan's telling me, you know what? I'm thankful, thank you. I want what I have. In a world that's constantly gonna try to sell you bigger or newer or better or more powerful or the next thing, you get to say, thank you. I want what I have. And so when we walk outside today and we go to our car, you know the car, little faded, little old, needs some tires. Sometimes the windows go up or down. Sometimes the heat works and doesn't work. The car with cloth interior, when you'd love leather, the cloth with heated seats, but it doesn't have the cooled seats like your friends. The car that you grab the handle and hope it doesn't come off in your hand. You're going to get in that car and say, thank you, because I want what I have. You're going to drive that car to your apartment or your condo or your house. You know the one the one that smells uniquely like your family. The one that you've vacuumed a million times in Febreze, and yet it still is interesting. The one that could be bigger or in a different neighborhood or better or whatever, but you're gonna go in that house and you're gonna say, thank you, because I want what I have. You can go look at your closet full of clothes. My, you got options of clothing to wear today. You get to look at all the options you have in your closet and your dresser. And even if they're a little old or you recycle them at full circle like I do every few months, a little outdated, you get to say, thank you, because I want what I have. You get to want what you have with your clothing. You get to go to school. You get to go to your job with your classmates and your professors and your boss. You know your boss. And you get to say, thank you. I want what I have. It's great. When you wake up nice and early tomorrow, you stumble into that bathroom and you flick that light on and look in the mirror. And you see your body. A little different than the body you used to have, maybe. You see the wrinkles, the mattress damage from the night before. You're going to look in the mirror and you're going to say, thank you. I want what I have. And if you're married, your spouse is going to stumble in that bathroom after you <laughs> with their body and their mattress damage and their hair. And you're going to say, that's right, because you want what you have. See, there's power in thank you. And we understand it. Thankful people build a life of gratitude by saying, thank you. I want what I have. Life of gratitude, though, is built on thanksgiving and contentment. And so the obvious question is, what's contentment? I'm so glad you asked. We look at this every now and then. Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, it says this. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. This is Paul, of course, writing. He said, for I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So if Thanksgiving is I have what I need, contentment is, oh, I have what I need. That's what it is. Thanksgiving is 
I want what I have. Contentment is, I have what I need. Paul clearly is just saying, he said, I have everything I need. And lots of us know Paul's journey, right? Paul was the guy, he was the most influential, rich, wealthy person in his day. Passports to every major country, spoke multiple languages, incredibly well-educated, powerful, ruler of his day, right? The leading influencer on social media, that was Paul. And all of a sudden now, we know that he goes from everything that the world can offer to nothing. He's writing this letter to the church to encourage them while he's in prison, There's no more wealth, there's no more followers, there's no more influence, there's no more people. I mean, he didn't know that like his letters were gonna go viral. Like he didn't write them going, ooh, this is gonna sell millions. He just wrote them out of faithfulness to encourage people. And he's saying, I know what contentment is. I have what I need. And it's interesting, he teaches us that, uh, it says I've learned to be content. The original word is experienced. And we can see that from his journey. We know that it's not natural. We're not born with it. But it's interesting because he continues. He knows that contentment isn't therefore what you have. Contentment is how you live. And it's saying that I have what I need. And so how, how is this possible? How would you, in a world of more, how is living in a place where I have enough? I have everything I need. How is that even possible? Well, he says this. He says, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And it's interesting, he uses a different word here for content. The first word he uses is experienced. Like I experienced it with all my wealth and I'm experiencing it now with nothing. I understand that. This word he uses is, it's a mystery. That's why he says, I've learned the secret. And it's almost like Paul, this old weathered man that's had everything and is now living with nothing in prison. It's like you can almost see him smiling as he's writing this down. And he's going, I've got a secret. Like, I I know what contentment is. And he's like, you gotta know. And so he's writing to this church, like, do you wanna know what the secret is? Do you wanna know what the secret is? Do you wanna know what the secret is? This is the guy who's figured it out. Look at what he says in verse 13. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Contentment, he says, is only found in, here's Jesus, in? That's right. That's the only place you're gonna find contentment. It's not in things. No matter what you have or don't have, it's not a relationship, it's not a possession, it's not the one more thing or the next thing or the bigger or the new. Contentment is only found in a relationship with Christ. He's the only one that can hold you through whatever you're going through. He's the only one that allows you to live in this place of where you get to say, thank you. Thank you. That's what he's saying. It's the secret that he's found. And that's what he's teaching us. Contentment doesn't come from our circumstances. Contentment transcends them because of Christ. And then he kind of summarizes this whole thing in verse 18. And he says, at the moment, I have all I need and more. Now remember the moment he's in. It's a pretty severe moment. Isolated in prison awaiting trial and death. And he's saying, I have what I need. I'm content because of Christ. And I don't know how you make it through life without Jesus. That's what Paul would say. I don't know how you make it. Because a life of thanksgiving is, a life of gratitude is built on thanksgiving and contentment. I want what I have and I have what I need. 
And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to build your life on gratitude today. I'm going to give all of us an opportunity to practice what God's word and Paul are, are, are talking to us about. So I want to invite you guys somewhere you got those cards. Grab that card. And on the back, you'll see, it just says, what are you thankful for? And I invite you to take this card out, and I encourage you to practice it, because here's why. Smart people at Harvard, years ago, they wanted to understand and define what it meant to be a grateful person. That was their job. We're going to determine what a grateful person looks like and define it. And so they went out and they did all these studies, and here's what they discovered. They discovered that a grateful person writes down at least three things they're grateful for twice a day and says at least two of them to someone else. So you got to write at least six things a day, and you say two things at least to one other person. That defines a grateful person. So if you wrote 20 things that you're grateful for and you didn't say it, are you grateful? The obvious answer is... No, you're not grateful. Like you're not moving towards God. You're not saying thank you. You're not building your life on gratitude and resisting the more of the world. A grateful person writes at least six and says at least two. And so I want to invite you guys to participate in this. I want all of us to help heal our hearts. And so step one is write what you're grateful for. Take your card, take a few minutes, and just write down what are you thankful for?